Welcome to Monsters Out of Context. Now, I still think a devil is gonna make a better neighbor than some angry giant who doesn't understand boundary. So what you're what you're trying to tell what you're saying is the one with dark vision works at a nightclub. Okay, but like what is a ghoul doing running a restaurant? Yeah, it has a strength of plus five, but it is <laughs> not very smart. Who, who would, would win? win? Oh, would hey win everybody. <laughs> you normally like say something right after the intro. <laughs> and this time I just let it fly. You're the reason that this happened. <laughs> but hey, everybody, I'm Abby. And I'm Corso. And I'm Katiosaurus. And this is Monsters Out of Context. Every week, we take two monsters out of the monster manual, count them two, and we learn a little bit about their stats, where they come from in pop culture, and all the interesting, fun little facts we can. And then we pit them against each other in some fun, wacky, non-combat style thing, like who would be a better baker or a better teacher. And we leave it up to our guests to decide. Real quick, Abby, who do we have this week? This week, we are talking about driders and rust monsters. Ooh, I love that. And so our guest this week, as you heard, is Katie, or as you might know them from TikTok, at Katie Osaurus. That's me. Hey, it is you indeed. And welcome, Katie. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm I'm very excited to be here. Like genuinely, I'm so I'm so excited. Like I feel like my whole life has been leading up to this moment. <laughs> it was very exciting. I just, I like Dungeons and Dragons so much. Okay, sorry. I'm excited. I'll shut up. No, that's no. good. We don't want you to. Uh, that's. I mean, it would be awkward if you did because we, this we would is... love for you to talk more. Yeah, okay. talk more. Good to know. Katie. Good to know. I'm like also going to shake any my ice into the microphone as much as possible. As an editor, I'm really, so stoked for that. I really feel like that increases the podcast production value. Holy <laughs> work is top tier. But uh, Katie, you you were telling us before this like began in uh, in the recorded part that you were like, this is what my life has been building up to is talking about monsters. Let me ask you this specifically. So you play you play D and D. About how long have you been involved in D and D? Oh, well, my D&D story is like, I promise I won't let this get too long winded, but my D&D story is actually really interesting because when I was a kid, uh, like my dad loved D&D, like my dad was a big Dungeons and Dragons player and he really wanted to get me into D&D, but I always kind of was like, ah, no, that's boring. And it's a lot of like sitting at the table and doing math. And so like, I wasn't really interested in it. And so, but like it had already always like kind of just been around because of my dad. Um, And then uh, when I was in college, my dad passed away and I wound up inheriting like a random box of stuff that he had just like left literally at a friend's house and it had his old monster manual it had his old player's guide it had all of his old character sheets um which was really really cool because i have like this really cool part of my dad and so then out of that i kind of got into DD and i started like playing a little bit more but it wasn't until like i was like in college and so i would say like i've been officially playing DD for about like seven to ten years depending on how you count so i'm a like i'm a legacy player <laughs> I comes. adore that. So then let me uh, let me follow that question up uh, with today's episode in mind is we're talking about the Drider and the Rust Monster. In your years of experience, do you know much about either of those? I know a little bit about the Drider, I, but you 
I purposely did not look anything up before this because I wanted to come to this unbiased. Oh, so, I love that. I love that. So I wanted to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give the monsters a fighting chance. Exactly. Uh, to get hired to the workforce. <laughs> Katie, you are an equal opportunity monster. Employer. I am. I mean, I am. I really, I just, I believe in inclusivity for all monsters. So. So then, yeah, let's get in. We're going to uh, talk about these and learn about these monsters. And then uh, we're going to kind of see just where it ends up. So Abby, did you go first last week? I did indeed. You are going first this week, sir. Okay. So I get to tell y'all about the Driders up first. So the Drider, for those of you who have no idea what a Drider is, uh, it it's a smashed together name of a drow and a spider, which you end up with Drider. Ooh, uh, I did want to take a brief moment to yes. remind our friends that we talked about drow specifically in episode 14. Yes, we did. Uh, and so this is a very fun uh, sort of step. It, it's the step beyond that. So a <laughs> a drider is, like I said, it's a smash between the name of drow and spider, but that's because it's also a smash between the creature, a drow and a spider. Uh, they are a they are the centaur of spiders, basically. <laughs> um, it's a bottom half of a giant spider, like huge, and the top half of an elf with dark skin, uh, which is so a drow. I know you're probably going to talk about this, but I'm very interested in how driders are created because I know that drow sort of worship spiders. Is it connected to that? The god Lolth uh, is the goddess of spiders or the queen of spiders. And she's an evil god and evil air quotes here, but she is in the lore. And this is the thing. We like to look at the monsters just as they are, but then also we do dig into some of the D&D &D lore versus like a monster like that in real life lore. And D&D &D lore is oftentimes very rough. <laughs> So the lore for this is a drow elf, so an underground elf, basically, who worships this dark spider god. She calls upon some of them to be like, hey, I like kind of what's going on. I'm going to put you to a test. If you pass the test or you survive the test or whatever, I'm going to raise you in the ranks. And it's not the ones who pass that get turned into these. It is those who fail. As she is also a giant spider, she's like, you failed me. And she turns them into something that sort of resembles her, which is a weird, like... Like you weren't good enough, so I'm going to make you me because I'm better. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. That might be how to think about it, but it has such a weird effect on them. Oh, well, granted, they're a humanoid turned into some giant monstrosity, and that affects them uh, mentally in regards to they seem to become very aggressive or very... Um, like, they have all of their memories and all of their information of being humanoid, but they also are now this thing, and that, uh, that usually in the lore says drives a lot of them to be standoffish, to be loners, to uh, vanish into the underdark and only be hunters. Some of the lore even said that now they're like vampires or they have to consume blood every like four days, otherwise they start to die. So you've got these creatures who want to potentially maybe drain blood. They're giant, creepy spiders, and uh, they are just in general horrifying. And some of their stats to, to give you give you thoughts here uh, is they have a plus four on constitution. Uh, they are very good at strength and dexterity. They have nothing with a zero. So all in all, they're not a fun creature. They're a, a challenge rating of six. And they even have a little bit of spell casting. Am I the only one who's picturing just like the stock from from Saga as like the the, the main session of like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if Saga counts as an obscure reference anymore, but like that's all I'm picturing in my head is just the stock. 
I don't know what that is. No, see, see, and that's okay because uh, the the reference I've got for you, if you want something to envision that might uh, that you might know, is the spider monkey from Spy Kids Two, Monster (laughs) Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a giant tarantula base, but it's huge, and then like it's this like basically monkey top. Except imagine the top is an elf who like is really ripped, really pretentious, but like also depressed. So like That's, depressed, pretentious. It literally in the monster manual says scarred for life. Yeah. Scarred for their life. Feature. <laughs> their feature. Their feature is indeed scarred for life. So some stuff you should know. So that's my reference for to give you a visual uh, from pop culture is think of Spy Kids Spider Monkey. And that's something you could just look up. But uh, some things to know, they keep their spell casting if they had it. They keep their ancestry of being elven. So like sleep magic isn't going to work on them. But then they gain all the crazy spider stuff so they can climb webs and they can walk on on walls and they uh, they speak under common and elvish which is just part of what they already had but all of these stat boosts just make them that much more terrifying uh so all in all that's kind of what we have here to discuss about them do you got any questions or i guess katie was there anything in this that you like learned i'm i'm really upset about the sentient like because i always kind of just assumed that they were just you know big like stabby stab monsters but i'm really upset that they like retain all of their you know memories and and i guess not humanity like elf manatee i guess (laughs) like that upsets me because now i'm just sad (laughs) like i'm just like oh that that sucks for you i'm so sorry buddy yeah right and they they, i mean they still can talk and communicate and everything like they they could have a conversation with you and apparently in it they and drow who they used to be don't get along because the drow are like you're a sign of someone who failed like we don't want anything to do with that and so they lose their culture too the implications are very upsetting the more (laughs) the more that you think about it oh yeah which can be said about a lot of the monsters as we've been researching that there's just just dark Mm. just dark sad lore (laughs) yep all right so that's that's the basic rundown it's a it's a large monstrosity they are chaotic evil um but you know that's just kind Kind of the standard with monsters is they are often evil. And they have a pretty high armor class, right? Yeah, they do have a 19 of natural armor. So yeah, they're hard to hit. And oftentimes natural armor is just described as something about the creature itself or its makeup makes it harder to hit. So uh, yeah, I've got the centaur of spiders. So let's learn a little bit now about the rust monster, Abby. All right. So the rust monster also has natural armor. That's my segue. Um, (laughs) But they uh, only have an armor class of 14. Um, So these are also some buggy boys, spelled with an I, and they um, eat metal that they rust with their bodies. That's the that's the description that I'm going with. Um, but <laughs> like, just picture a horrific bug with like giant antenna and like this tail with bone at the end. They can smell metal within like 30 feet, and then what they do is they rust the metal and then they eat the rust or the so, rusted metal. So they decay it and they just like mm-hmm. they're like, I don't like what you have. I need to cook it first. And so <laughs> that's pretty much their deal. Like they don't attack people really except to eat their metal so like they get mad if you have weapons they try to eat your weapons and that's where they really like become a hindrance to a party not just like they rust it 
it's like if you hit them, you still your weapon starts rusting. Like they don't have to touch oh, it with their antenna okay. or a specific part of their body. It's just them. It's just in like them general. in general will start decaying anything that hits them. Um, oh man! And so they are underground scavengers, and they just kind of wander around and eat. I f- I feel like that's what all of my monsters do that I've been talking <laughs> about is they just wander around and eat, which. I identify with. It's so. <laughs> like honestly big mood. Big same. You're like, those are monsters? <laughs> like that that's just like everybody. So I did um I did a little bit obviously research for this episode. And I did find a website that talked about the Rust monster. It's one of like the original D&D monsters, like goes all the way back to first edition and has gone under a lot of like changes that I didn't really understand because mechanics were so different in the first like three editions of this game. Um, But like it used to be much more powerful. It used to be a lot faster and like any weapon. Oh, it used to have magic resistance also. It doesn't have that anymore. But it does specifically say it only rusts non-magical weapons so magic weapons won't be rusted and then it doesn't have any other like magical things that it does it literally just like rusts things and eats them okay so it's Um, a horror horror on the battlefield destroying pretty much all of your all of your good stuff if you attack it yep and um I, so I had like a time and a half trying to figure out like a pop culture reference for this monster because it is so like <laughs> D&D centric because it's one of the original monsters and freaking Gary Gygax like bought this dime store pack of like monster figurines that weren't even like monsters and just made them into things and the Rust <laughs> monster was one of those. It was like a lobster with like a weird tail <laughs> and all of the write-ups like I found quotes from Gygax describing how he like made this monster and it was unhelpful because what he said is is like yeah i looked at it it was this lobster with a weird tail and i was just like oh it's a rust monster and that's how he explains how he came up with it (laughs) yet another brilliant contribution from gary (laughs) so how helpful so i was like looking up metal eaters because we have experienced in our culture things that eat metal um specifically I was a big fan of Lilo and Stitch growing up and like the spinoff that there all the like different experiments that led up to Stitch because Stitch was experiment 626. So there was like all 625 beforehand. One of them was named Tank. He was super cute and kind of orange like a rust monster and he ate metal, but he also got bigger every time he ate. As far as like a realistic representation of how a rust monster functions, if you just think about termites kind of what they look like and also what they do, but metal instead of wood. That's that's a rust monster, except and they are medium monstrosities, the size of a small pony. And Katie, did you did you have a reference there? I did. I looked because I was, well, while Abby was talking, I looked at the art and I was sh- like auntie from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like all oh. of the art <laughs> looks shockingly like like a termitier <laughs> version of auntie from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Now, I, I don't know if that's a hip new reference. Like I know how much the young kids love rick moranis oh but uh but that was immediately what i thought fucking hero out of this (laughs) but like that was immediately what i thought of when i looked at the art because it just looks like like a giant just kind of like cute little little anti boy just chilling out eating his rusty metal basically like what i feel like while i was reading the rust monster is that it's kind of a dog in personality like it just like runs around and eats things and like pretty much rusty put that down <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name 
if we um, want to jump that reference up to the current generation, uh, just imagine Anthony from Ant-Man. Yeah. It's the yeah. same instance. It's the same uh, thing. It's the same see? thing. This is like what's, I don't like experience culture a lot. So my references are limited. <laughs> but, um, okay. but yeah, I mean, sometimes when we come up with references, Katie, we come up with things that are just as obscure as D&D. <laughs> like D&D is the like thing you would more likely come across. So like, it's valid. we're here for every reference. The, just the struggle is real constantly <laughs> in my life. So that's, that's the rest monster. Do you all have any like questions about it or like thoughts or things? Well, the the question we always ask uh, is our, of our guests is, did, was there anything there that you just learned about the rust monster? I mean, I, I know like you said I you didn't a, know much, but. Yeah, I, I feel like I learned so much about the rust monster. Was there something like, that stuck out to you most or worried you or caught your attention? Like the, the most I interesting mean, thing. Honestly, it's funny that you used Anthony as your example because I immediately pictured like a honey I shrunk the kids escapade where like you've got a magic sword and so it can't rust, but you're just like riding your rust monster rusty into battle. Like that was immediately what I pictured. I'm like, fuck, that's so badass. Like yeah. I want I want a like a cool rust monster chariot of fire. Like that look that sounds cool. Like, but then I got distracted because so it's because I have ADHD. So it's <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. All you got to do is keep riding Anthony and it's, you don't have to worry. He'll get yeah, you there. It seems really practical, honestly. So now that we've we've got these monsters fleshed out, let's put them into competition. So what we're about to do is we're going to grab a random job or uh, occupation or relationship to society. And we're going to see which one of these might be better for that. We're uh, we don't have like sides per se. It, we're going to have pros that we'll all talk about for the rust monster and cons and pros we'll talk about for the drider and cons. And then it all comes down to you, Katie, oh, as man. we just sort of deliver these like hey uh there are two people applying for this job and these are the only two that really made it through the rounds okay uh, so I, okay that's fine <laughs> <laughs> let's see what's what they're competing in i'm so excited landscaper Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. So the first thing we do is we, we all come up with pros that we can think of based on what we learned about the drider. Then we think about cons and then we jump over. So pros for the drider. Okay, so it's big and it lives underground. Well, technically in the underdark. So I'm thinking it's around this sort of stuff all the time. Now, if we we make it very specific that it has to be a garden up above ground, then we've got a problem and I'll tell you the con there. I think um, you said it was big and I think being big can be helpful when you're a landscaper because you can move the, you can do a lot more than if you're small. That was super vague and unhelpful. <laughs> are, no, the, are, the, are the halves like independent of each other? Can the top entity control the spider part? Because I feel like a major pro is like if they're able to like articulate their little spidey legs however they need to not only are you like a talented landscaper you also have a built-in bulldozer like that's that's really convenient in yes terms they of they are one unit it's just their bottom half got turned into a giant spider so uh they are in fact one unit so the the figure the head up top is who you see and that is who controls everything yeah i mean yeah. that's that's like a major pro for me because you and then you get into like bougie you know rooftop landscaping and unnecessarily 
really or- ornate wedding landscaping. Like they can just climb up those walls. They can just, I, I don't know if they can do webs, but that's probably good for landscaping. Yeah, that was what somehow. I was about to ask. Yeah. I was like, nice. so oh. I do see on their page that they don't do webs, but they I don't. think that's boring. So they should. They should was, be able uh, to. That's how this can. game works. That's a hell of a way to, to make like a retaining layer on your landscaping right? for proper drainage. Just like a little spider web. Like it's yeah, so, just so efficient. It. So there's, uh, there are also like uh, strategies for like building garden beds that like help the drainage and you could use the webbing in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was picturing. And I, mm-hmm. I admit this is a little cheating on the system. So they have some spells that they got. Uh, they have dancing lights. So the ability to create little pretty lights. They've got fairy fire so they can highlight things. Oh, and man. they have darkness so they can black it all out. But the book in the monster manual says, hey, there is a variant of Driders that is Spellcaster Drider that mm-hmm. they have natural ones. But what if the, the drow before they got turned was a wizard of something, they would know all of their spells still. And here is their spell list. And that is a big amount of list. So what I'll just narrow that down to is they have magic on their side as a, as a pro. Um, That is, that is, that's a, this, I feel like this is slowly not even turning into a competition. (laughs) That's because we haven't talked about the other monsters. I know we haven't got over it yet, but some cons. We also haven't talked about a major con as far as landscaping goes is that driders have sunlight. Sensitivity. sensitivity. Okay. Whoa, whoa. wear a hat (laughs) so yeah they that is a con that's the big one is sunlight sensitivity as a landscaper they have disadvantage on anything they do out there and they have disadvantage on perception in the sunlight so in general their judgment is bad in bright light and then on top of that On top of that, um, their their mental state of being aggressive and uh, perhaps the need for blood could be a con if they like work as your your like manners landscape. That is a con for every monster we talk about. This is true. That's why we put them in the city of context that is populated completely by monsters. And that makes it okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, also, like, not, like they could just work at night. That mm-hmm. would be fine. Like, that's that's <laughs> the evening very... landscaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, you know, I would say, like, if the movie Beetlejuice proved anything to us, aggressive landscaping is sometimes just the chef's kiss on top of your weird Tim Burton-esque mansion. <laughs> so, like, you know, maybe you just, you want that, that weird, weird... Uh, you know, aggressive land like uh, Edward Scissorhand again. Tim Burton, yeah, very yes. into aggressive landscaping. It's fine. <laughs> I think we've cracked the case. Tim Burton is uh, going to go work dr- for Tim Burton. Yeah, that's it. A drowsy uh, drider is going to work for Tim Burton. <laughs> but yeah, so those are kind of the pros and cons we've got. And yeah, I, I just heavily leaning on the sunset, uh, sunlight sensitivity, and the chaotic evil energy about them. So that's a thing. But. Let's talk about the rust monster. Let's get some pros and cons there. We're going to talk about pros first. Mm-hmm. I do have some very specific cons, obviously. Okay. So, <laughs> so pros... help me come up with pros. <laughs> <laughs> so pros for the rust monster. They can, they they maybe dig underground. They could I was going to say, this things. thing does look like an ant. And you know what? You know what could be? We allow the, the drider to potentially work at night. We can allow the rust monster to landscape a metal garden. I don't think it would though. And that's skipping straight to cons. Cause it, I think it would just eat it. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. We'll keep that in mind. Along with the inability to use any of traditional garden tools that have metal on them. But that's just, honestly, it could go with something more paper-based or depending on the, the style that it's going with and just go really use its own pincers. Now we've got it being eco-friendly. That's a pro right okay, there. Okay, that is a pro. Look at that. Honestly, it is a recycle machine. So reduce, consume, reuse, refuse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, let's see, what else do we got here? I think that it having... A decent strength and decks in general. Like we said, it's got this bug-like creature. Um, I feel like you could use it if you were like, you could use it for landscaping. Like yeah. if you, yeah, it's like if, if, if you were like a guy and you're like, oh no, I bought this rusty junkyard. However, am I going to clear it and make a park for the community? Ooh, like, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Some nonprofit can enlist the rust monster to clean up an urban area to start yeah. an urban garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it'd be great for like a, like a green initiative, but I don't yeah. know if if like in like I don't know if a group of rust monsters is gonna found a successful landscaping venture. <laughs> well, I think Very though, fair. if we think about it that way, isn't that landscaping? Them doing the cleanup is them landscaping in a sense. Yeah, so. it's true. Yeah, it's- I feel like we're we're on one of those pairings that might be a better like partner situation. Yeah, than, like, yeah. yeah. Competition. Okay. So how yeah. about those cons that jump out to us here? You said so you have we- some specific ones. Oh, so that is focused on eating. Yeah. Um. And nothing else. It has a pretty low intelligence score, which like could go either way. Um, and it doesn't communicate really. Um, not that you need to to be a um, landscaper, but yeah, we gotta have like your you know your meetings about do you want like azaleas or hostas? Because I don't know if you've ever lived in a neighborhood with an HOA, but that shit gets intense very quickly. <laughs> they uh, they do they do like to ensure that they have a lot of nightshade in monsters out of context <laughs> in the city of context. It's, it's a very important thing there. So yeah, we, we've got the, some cons there about the eating we've got some cons about its inability to communicate in not even that like it just doesn't have languages it's like this thing just doesn't have communication it is an insect it is a magically infused insect and okay so let's uh let's dive over then and uh katie has to pick yeah, Katie has to pick. So, Katie, we've come up to you and we're okay. presenting these two people and said, hey, our, our last landscaper uh, vanished mysteriously in no. the city. And um, yeah, we're not really sure. Uh, it was a uh, We a have weird... some leads. Okay. And we're working okay. on that. Okay. Okay. But okay. in the meantime, we do need to replace them. And uh, these are the only two people who showed up to the calling. Uh, we t- we put a time and a place. And when we showed up, these were the two people standing there. Uh, we have a Dreiter. Uh, and a rust monster here. And here's kind of all the stuff we've worked up on them. Oh man, I got it. I got to go with the Dreider. I just, I just practically speaking, I got to go with the Dreider. Now, if there's a loophole where I can say, hey, Dreider, we need you to give Rusty a job. He's really hurting after, you know, the (laughs) junkyard closed and like, you know, Rusty could be like the laborer and like consult with our friend, I don't, Steve, the Dreider. Yeah, Yeah, Steve Dreider. I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, Attorney at law. But I strongly, I strongly feel like if I was going to like maximize my landscaping potential, it's got to go to the Dreider. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the best. Uh, We'll go ahead and we'll put that, uh, we'll extend the job offer and uh, let them know. Um, I also think... the location we picked uh, was an old scrapyard because we wanted to be able to invite uh, everybody. That might have been why the rust monster showed up. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, it might have been un- not job related. It was a weird. Listen, yeah, well, I was. I'm is... just honestly like, uh, what's the deal with the HR firm here? This because... feels like an. 
a Parks and Rec episode, like an offbeat Parks and Rec. Episode. <laughs> it really does. It's the like monsters the, have shown up. The rust-eating giant termites. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, well, folks, you just heard it. Uh, Katie Asaurus, our guest for the podcast today, has chosen the Drider as the winner of today's competition to be the landscaper of uh, the city of context. Uh, so while Abby grabs uh, who we're going to be talking about next week, I just want to remind everyone on the podcast who's listening right now uh, on Spotify and Apple uh, and wherever else. Thanks so much for listening. It's always a blast. We do this every week, 7 p.m. Central Time on Thursdays. And then we have three more sections of the podcast that we do live on Twitch. So unless you're watching us live, you're not going to see these next parts that happen when we get off this episode. We always grab two monsters randomly and we throw them at each other in interesting, weird ways. But a quick little announcement I want to let you know, this is all over on twitch.tv slash Lark Network. We have a Kickstarter for Melee Ball going on and hopefully you hearing this are interested in coming to support. Melee Ball is a D&D sports game that we built. It's not really sports, but I wanted to play D&D and be able to say I play sports. So I built something <laughs> for that end. You can check it out at uh, you can check it out at MeleeBall.com or you can go to bit.ly slash MeleeBall and that'll take you straight to the Kickstarter website. Um, so make sure you check that out. And uh, yeah, so Abby, who are, uh, who are our monsters for next week? Next week, I will be talking about the Umber Hulk, which Ooh. is another one of those like OG D&D monsters. Awesome. And then you, I'm very jealous, but you will be talking about the Blink Dog. Oh, yes. <gasps> Happy back next one. week. Yeah. I have so many opinions already. I love the Blink Dog. <laughs> And I want to learn about the Umber Hulk. So let's do this. Well, you heard it. Uh, next week, you got the Umber Hulk and the Blink Dog. Uh, Katie, it was a pleasure to have you. And I'm looking forward to the next parts of the podcast. I'm so and excited. Thanks for having me. Shout out where people can find you. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm I'm Katiosaurus on uh, TikTok. Uh, I'm Katios. I'm pretty much Katiosaurus all the places. It's Katie with a C. I'm Katiosaurus with a zero on Twitch.tv. That's where you guys are. I don't know how to do the cool Twitch ad yet. Also, I have a podcast. It's called Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest and ADHD Adventure. We're now officially. This is this happened to us today. We're now officially in the top 100 mental health uh, podcasts in yes. all of America. It's hey. a great podcast. Yeah. Well deserved. And uh, I don't want to brag, but we're number 48 in New Zealand. So. Uh, hey! Shout out <laughs> hey. to, to New Zealand over there. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, just check me out wherever you feel like checking me out. I'm on all the places. So thanks. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you very much. You want to sign us off, Abby? Do you always do it? Well, <laughs> I'm Corso. And I'm Abby. Oh, and I, I was Katie Osaurus. And this has been Monsters Out of Context. <laughs>